بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمده نسلی علی رسولی الکریم اما بعد الحمدللہ جنائٹ is the 11th of January in the year 2023 and Alhamdulillah we moved on to the 23rd night that we're going through the illustrious and blessed life of the eminent companion Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik and I've mentioned a few blessed reports in which we've taken a glimpse into his immense love for our beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam so to spend one more session on this endless subject so this narration is recorded by imam ahmad rahmatullahi who relates from sufyan ibn uyayna who relates from imam zuhri who relates from anas radiyallahu akhir nazratin nazratuha ila rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam yawm al-ithnayn the last glance I cast at Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was on a Monday. Kashafa sitarata wannasu khalfa abi bakr when he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam drew aside the curtain eye of Sayyida Aisha's chamber whilst the people behind Abu Bakr I to lead the salah. I looked at his face and I saw that it was as bright as the page of the Mus'haf eye of the Quran. The people thereupon wanted to move as they thought he was going to join the Salah. But he motioned to them to remain as they were. Then he وسلم, drew the curtain and he وسلم, passed away towards the end of that very day. So this is recorded in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, volume 3, page 110, Sahih to the criteria of Bukhari and Muslim with a short prestigious chain of just three narrators to Anas. So, even before mentioning the report, if you look at this chain, these are very famous personalities. So, Imam Ahmad, one of the Imams, he relates from Sufyan ibn Uyayna, who is a very famous Tabatabi'in, who relates from Imam Abu Bakr ibn Shihab al-Zuhri, a very famous narrator from the Tabi'in, who relates from Anas. So, this absolutely flawless report. So Anas radiyallahu, what did he say? He goes, Akhir nazratin nazartuha ila rasulullahi yawm al-ithnayn. The last glance I cast at the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was on a Monday. So think about that. He shows his deep love for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because this was my last time I saw him. And then he said, Kashafas sitarata wannasu khalfa abi bakr. He drew aside the curtain whilst the people were praying behind Abu Bakr. Because I looked at his face and he described it as the page of the Mus'haf, meaning he was pale. But the page of the Mus'haf is obviously full of nur. And then the people, they thought he's going to join the Salat. But he signaled, stay where you are. And he dropped the curtain and Anas said he passed away towards the end of that day. When our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi passed away, Anas radiyallahu was devastated. Consider his own words. On the day of his passing, everything became dark. Indeed, no sooner had we finished with burying Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa than we were overcome by doubts. 
This is recorded in Tirmidhi, number 3618, Sahih Gharib, Tirmidhi in Shammai, number 375, Ibn Imajah, number 1631, Ahmad in his Musnad, number 13857, Abu Ya'la in his Musnad, number 3296, Ibn Hibban in his Sahih, number 6634, Hagim in his Musnad, 3-57 and 8-218, states Sahih to the criteria of Muslim, Zahabi Sahih, Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabakat, 2-274, Ibn Katir Sida, volume 4, page 391 of the English translation states, its line of transmission satisfies the criteria of the Sahih collections. So again, another flawless report recorded in the Sunans and the Muslim. So Anas, he said, when he passed away, everything became dark. So this is physical and also spiritual. But then he said something which needs commentary. When we finished burying Rasulullah, we were overcome by doubts. So, what does this mean? So, Sheikh Ali Muhammad as Salabi, he elucidated in his work The Noble Life of the Prophet, volume 3, page 1991 of the English translation. What Sayyidina Anas meant, radiallahu was that they immediately began to accuse themselves of becoming weaker in Iman. Their feelings signified not a weakening of faith, but a feeling of sadness at having been believed of Rasulullah. They began to doubt themselves and not faith itself, and that they doubted themselves attests to their strong faith. So what was the Sheikh simply saying? Shaykh Ali Muhammad As-Sallabi, he was saying that the ultimate comfort was to be with the Prophet. Because could there be any doubt when you're with the Prophet? You know, you're reassured. If you've got a problem, the Prophet revelation, guidance is given. They've lost it. So obviously we never had it. We were with the Prophet. So for us to understand that is very hard to register. They had absolute sakina with the Prophet. Anna said, as soon as we buried him, we were now in doubt. Why? Because now, what was now going to be put into the ummah? It's the heart. They had to go through other things now. And the Sheikh says, because it wasn't a weakness of Iman. It was basically saying that they've lost the great comfort of the Prophet On the same team, Obey ibn Qa'ab said, whilst we were with Rasulullah we were united in one direction. But when he passed away, we looked here and there. This is in Ibn Majah and Ibn Katid Sira, volume 4, page 391 of the English translation. Why? Because there could not be a difference of opinion with the Prophet. So as soon as the Prophet left, he goes, we lost that unity. And he goes, we started looking. For how could it be the same when the immediate divine connection had now been broken? So just as when Rasulullah received the divine revelation, Allah has now once again opened up the link with communicating with the jinn and insan. But with the Prophet's passing, that link had now been broken. Upon the passing away of the greatest of creation, the two venerable sheikhs of this ummah came to pay their heartfelt condolences to Sayyidah Umm Ayman. 
Again, Anas, he relates, Allah, after the passing of Rasulullah, Abu Bakr said to Umar, Allah, Antaliqu bina ila ummi aymana, Allah, tazuruha, kama kana Rasulullah, let us visit Umm Ayman, as Rasulullah used to often visit her. When they arrived upon seeing them, he started to weep. They consoled her and they said, Ma yubkik, ama ta'alamina anna ma indallaha khayran li Rasulullah. Why this weeping? You must know that what is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is now far better for his messenger. She replied, By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I am not weeping for that reason, but I am weeping because revelation from the heavens has been terminated. This statement made both the venerable men also to weep. So let's look at this. So where is the record? In Sahih Muslim, number 6318, in the chapter on the virtues of the companions. Ibn Imajah, number 1635, Sahih to the criteria of Bukhari and Muslim. Behaki, Abu Ya'la, Abu Awana, Ibn Abu Shayba in his Al-Musannaf. Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabaqat, volume 8, page 164. Kanzul Umal, volume 4, page 48. Al-Bidaya, volume 5, page 274. Mishkat, volume 4, number 179, in the chapter on his sallallahu alayhi wa passing and heritage. Riyadah Salihin, number 360, Ibn Kathir Sira, volume 4, page 392 of the English translation. Ayadah Sahaba, volume 3, page 392 to 3 of the New English translation. So again, it's a flawless report recorded in Sayyid Muslim. So Rasulullah Anas said he's passed away. And immediately Abu Bakr says to Umar, let's visit Umm Ayman. So Umm Ayman, anhuma, she was the second mother of the Prophet. When uh, Amina, his mother passed away, anhuma, Umm Ayman took responsibility. And the Prophet actually said, you are my mother after my mother. So he had great love for her. So Abu Bakr said, let's go to Umm Ayman. When they arrived, she was weeping. So naturally, what are you thinking? You're thinking, oh, she's weeping because her son's passed away. So they told her, could there be more comforting words than this? Why are you weeping? What is with Allah is far better for his messenger. In other words, he goes, to be with us, he's going through hardships. He's now back with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there's no point in weeping. They missed the point. Umar Ayman radiallahu said, I am not weeping for this reason. I am weeping because revelation has terminated. See, we don't understand because we weren't there. We haven't got this connection. They were living with the Quran because it's gone. And look what happened. This statement made both the men weep. So look how touching they went to console her. And she ends up, you know, making them weep. Thinking, you're right, the revelation has gone. So all of this is helping to explain Anas' statement. Because he said, as soon as we buried the Prophet we were overcome with doubts. So why am I mentioning this here at length? Because you can interpret it in a very incorrect manner. Like some of the shaitans do. They say the companions, this is how much iman they had. As soon as the Prophet passes away, because they themselves said we were full of doubts. Because are these your role models? So then the response is, you've quoted correctly, but what do you mean doubt? What does that mean? 
Are they men? Revelation has ceased. And how can you be in the same condition when this revelation is no more? And in another report, Sayyida Umayman radiallahu anhu, she added, I am weeping because the news from the heavens used to come to us in large quantities, fresh from the heavens every day and night. It has now terminated and lifted. It is only this that makes me weep. This statement greatly surprised the people. This is recorded in Musa ibn Uqba, Al-Bidayah, volume 5, page 274, Ayat al-Sahaba, volume 3, page 393 of the New English Translation. So she actually told this to the rest of the companions. He goes, Revelation has finished. He goes, now we are left to ourselves, meaning we have to strive to understand what the correct course is. So now, why did Abu Bakr and Umar weep? Because they were the successors. So when Umm Ayman radiallahu was weeping, she was actually telling them, you now have a very serious responsibility. Alas, the priceless reassurance of the divine connection with humanity regarding their needs and problems had now once again been broken. Thus, what could be a greater reason for one not to be? In addition, this also shows the great wisdom and love Sayyida Barakah had for the two successes of Rasulullah when she wept upon seeing the gentleman as if she was thinking to herself, how on earth are you now going to lead without the immense comfort and reassurance of the immediate divine protection which came with the soothing sacred revelation? <laughs> Thus her weeping was for the most heavy duties and responsibilities that these two mighty souls now had to bear upon the parting of the mouthpiece of the divine revelation. Then it was as if the two shaykhs realized this, which then also caused them to be. <laughs> and of course, it goes without saying, this is another endless proof to the finality of prophethood, which ended with Rasulullah. <laughs> so think about it, obvious, but we don't... If there was prophets to come, then why are you weeping? <laughs> And if the Rawafid have their imamats, what's this weeping? <laughs> right? You still got imams. Well, like the Prophet just changed their names. So the response is, this can only be understood if you understand correctly your belief. <laughs> Rasulullah has gone. So now they had to strive their best as they say. And of course they did. The only thing which is interesting, what did Abu Bakr and Umar say to Umm Ayman? They said, what is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is now far better for this message. So what does that mean? So there's a report and Abbas, the Prophet sallallahu uncle, he passed away. And he passed away in Uthman's Khalifa. He was around 90 years of age. So his son, Abdullah ibn Abbas, the people were coming to pay their respects. And he said something very interesting, Abdullah ibn Abbas. He said the greatest comforting words at the time that somebody gave me was that of a Bedouin. So this is shocking. Why? Because he didn't say the Sahaba. Because he could have said Uthman, Amir al-Mu'mineen, or Ali, he didn't mention any of them. Because a Bedouin gave me the most comforting words. So they asked him, what did he say to you? And he goes, the Bedouin said to me, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is better for your father than you. And patience is better for you than your father. And Abdullah ibn Abbas said, Subhanallah. He goes, what beautiful words. So, again, what was the Bedouin telling Abdullah ibn Abbas? He goes, you obviously love your father. And you was looking after him with all the love and attention that, you know, you tried your best. But isn't Allah the Almighty better to look after your father? Mm-hmm. Obviously, yes. So Allah Ta'ala is better for you, better for your father than you. The second part, and patience is better for you than your father. What does that mean? With your father passing, Allah Ta'ala has now replaced your father with something better for you than your father. Patience. Mm-hmm. So how is patience better for Abdullah ibn Abbas than his father? Because patience at the time of when you lose somebody who is beloved to you, the reward is paradise. But you got to show patience. The hadith is in Dinmadi authentic. So look what Ibn Abbas said. He goes, the most beautiful words, comforting words. And what made me laugh was, it was just two lines. He didn't come out with that tear-jerking sermon. Oh, what a, you know, your father was such a great man and he was a great man. He just gave him two lines. But Um Ayman, what did she say decades before? Sorry, the two sheikhs to Um Ayman. They said literally the same. Because what is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is now better for his messenger. <laughs> Meaning, you know, we love him to be with us. But Allah ta'ala, you know, he will honor his messenger. So not many things we can learn from these reports. Fatima radiallahu of all the companions, who did she burden with her grief? It was Anas. In Ibn Majah, Ahmad in his Musnad, Ibn Kathir, Sira, volume 4, page 390 of the English translation. Ayatah Sahaba, volume 2, page 358 of the Old English translation. Sayyida Fatima said to Anas, Ya Anas, radiyallahu, are you men now pleased that you have buried Rasulullah in the earth and have returned? Hamad added Rahmatullah when Thabit Rahmatullah related this hadith, he would weep so hard that his chest would heave. So let's look at this. So this is again in the Sunans. So Fatima, she said to Anas, he goes, How on like we'd say, how on earth could you have buried Rasulullah and have returned? He goes, How could you live after him? And Hamad added that Thabit was a student of Anas. He goes, he found it very difficult to relate this hadith. He said, he'd weep and he'd weep and his chest would be heaving. And it's true. He goes, somebody goes, if the prophets left this world, how do you still function after the prophet? And Fatima said this. But now what's interesting, Anas didn't say anything. Anas remained silent out of deference for her. But he later said, we hated burying him وسلم, until we wiped our hands clean. This is in Bazaar and it's a Hassan Hadith. We hated burying him وسلم, until we wiped our hands clean. Meaning that it wasn't easy in the least because it was such a huge task because you, it's hard to articulate. Because we every time we were putting us, you know, some earth on the blessed body, because it was so difficult. Why did he not say that to Fatima? <laughs> Fatima said, You men, are you how are you pleased 
that you've returned and you've buried the messenger because he did it out of love. He didn't want to hurt Fatima. He could have said, oh, beloved daughter, because we, because we didn't want to leave the Prophet. But he didn't want to compound her grief. <laughs> and also note his intimacy with the Ahlul Bayt. Why did Fatima go to Anas of all the companions? <laughs> it shows that he was very close to the family of the Prophet Thus they felt immense difficulty in burying him, for it demanded things that contradicted love and compassion that they used to treat the Prophet when he was amongst them. Because you don't want to do anything which would go apparently look like you don't show love to the one you love. That's what Fatima was getting, you know, getting across. He goes, you profess to love him and you buried him. And this is why it was difficult because outwardly it looked like they weren't showing that, but they had to do it. <laughs> Hazrat Anas who also at this juncture related a very informative report. In a Hakim in his Mustadrak, Hafiz ibn al-Jazri in his Al-Hisan al-Hasin, Marif al-Quran, volume 5, page 643 of the English translation, he states, when Rasulullah left this world, sallallahu alayhi wa there suddenly emerged a person with a black and white beard coming through the crowd of people he reached inside and he started to weep then turning to us the companions he said indeed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there is endurance against all distress and recompense of everything taken away and he subhanahu wa ta'ala is the real caretaker for he alone survives after everyone else passes away. Those return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, turn to him passionately, long for him alone. For indeed, deprived is he who has been deprived of the reward of endearing distress. After hearing these words, the man departed. Abu Bakr and Ali thereupon said that man was Al-Khadr. It was Khidr. <laughs> so that was happening. Khidr, according to the majority of scholars, he's still alive. He's a prophet of God. He was the one who taught Musa in the famous surah um, Al-Qahf. And he works off the unseen. Abdullah ibn Abbas said, he totally works from the rape. So we don't know what he's doing. That's why Musa kept questioning, why have you drilled a hole in this boat? Why have you killed a youngster? Why have you, you know, repaired a wall for people who didn't even show hospitality to us? He's working on the rape. He drank from the water of life, the Sayyid Bukhari hadith mentions. So he's now emerged when the Prophet has left the world. And Anas saw him because he had a black and white beard. And when he gets to the Prophet he starts to weep. And what does he simply say to the companions? He says, turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all distress. Because he is the caretaker. He alone survives. Everything perishes. Then he says, turn to him. Long for him. And look what his amazing line was. Deprived is he who has been deprived of the reward of endearing distress. Meaning this is the greatest calamity that will strike this ummah. You all have to bear it because you are his companions. But if the reward, like I just mentioned, for patience upon losing somebody is paradise, 
there was the reward for losing the Prophet. So Khidr told that and then he left. So the people looking at each other thinking, who is this man? And Abu Bakr and Ali said it was Khidr. So it was amazing. He came at that time to help them. The eternal peace and blessings of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon our beloved messenger and all his fathers and brothers. Amen. It is related that Sayyidina Anas would often thereupon be seen next to the holy grave of the Prophet and humbly supplicate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Refer to Bayhaqi in his Shu'abul Iman 3-491 with a Hassan chain of transmission. So Anas, he would go to the grave and he would make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's a very auspicious place to make dua. But of course the dua is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can use the Holy Prophet as a wasila. But ultimately you're making a dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Anas himself did that. He would go to the holy grave of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and he would humbly make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So why did he do that? Because he was teaching us. Some people have a problem with that. They go, you shouldn't do this because ignorant people might fall into shirk. So then the question is, but the Sahaba did it. And then our response is, well, that was a pure time. Yes, it was a pure time, but they're our teachers. Mm. Otherwise, you can say a pure time for everything and leave everything. <laughs> Indeed, Anas, radiyallahu, used to remember Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa much after his passing. And whenever he did so, his eyes would involuntarily fill with tears and he would weep uncontrollably. So how old was Anas when, when Rasulullah passed away, sallallahu alayhi wa He was 20. He himself said, I was 10 years old when I served the Prophet and I served him for 10 years. So he was 20 when he when the Prophet left me. He just come out of his teenage years. But despite his youth, he had too much love for the Prophet. Subhanallah, due to his intense love for Rasulullah, Anas was honored above others with an immense gift. What was the gift? Muthanna ibn Sa'id, he relates that he heard Anas say, radiyallahu, ma min laylatin illa wa ana ara fiha habibi thumma yabuki. Never does a single night pass except I see my beloved. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He would then weep. This is in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, number 13,315, or volume 4, page 442, Sahih to the criteria of Bukhari. Ibn Asakir in his Tariqh Dimishq, volume 9, page 358. Al-Bidayah, volume 9. Hafiz Zahbi in his Seer, 3-403. Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid, volume 7, page 182, states Sahih. Ayat al-Sahaba, volume 3, page 399 of the New English Translation. Sheikh Al-Arna'ut, rahmatullahi in his first footnotes on the Seer, he states, It is collected by Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabaqat, 7-20, and his narrators are trustworthy. So it's a flawless report. It's recorded by Imam Ahmed and it's sahih to the criteria of Bukhari. So what would Anas say? Something amazing. Ma min laylatin Never does a night pass. Illa wa ana ara fiha habibi Except I see my beloved. Thumma yabaki He would then weep. So now think about this. How many years did he live after the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa so, around 80. I don't even know how many days that is, but let's say about 30,000 or thereabouts. 
So for 30,000 nights, he saw the Prophet every night. So why was Rasulullah coming to him every night? Because Rasulullah always gave better when somebody gave him something that allowed it. Though subhanallah, it was as if our beloved Messenger was there upon often nightly seen comforting his beloved young cousin and dear servant. He would always give better. So he served him for 10 years. Rasulullah came for 80 years. <laughs> but look how touching. When he would mention the Anas, the narrator Muthanna ibn Sa'id goes, Thumma yabki, he would weep. In other words, he goes, I don't want to trouble the Prophet but he's coming to me every night. So now think about that. Every night, if somebody goes, I see the Prophet once, everybody should just celebrate. He saw him over 30,000 times. And this is in the Barzakh. So the Prophet came to him, sallallahu alayhi wa Sayyidina Anas would thus often be heard saying, Oh, how I wish that I could meet Rasulullah and say to him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it is your humble servant, i.e., ready for service. Subhanallah. Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it is your humble servant, i.e., ready for service. This is in Al-Bidayah, Volume 9. So he, he missed the, serving the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he goes, you don't realize how I miss this. I to serve him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thus reward most handsomely this majestic servant of his most beloved and most honored messenger. Amen. So with this, we've concluded the subsection with regards to his intense love for the Prophet. A note from the beginning right to the very end. He was a true ashik in every sense of the word. He had too much love for the Prophet ﷺ. And note all of the reports with regards to after his passing, most of them come to Anas. You notice that. Why? Because he was a servant of the Prophet ﷺ. So, and also it highlights the deviancy of those who make fake reports in terms of historical references. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? سبحان ربي حمدي سبحان اللهم بحمدك أشهد الله لا إله إلا أنت استغفرك أتوب إليك وأذكر الله من شنائهم سبحان ربي كرب الإزدي أما يسبون سبحان الله المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والأصل الإنسان الذي خسر الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات ورواسب الحق ورواسب الصبر صلى الله عليه وسلم كوما الله